Hey, y'all, I got a question for you. What's a piece of gear that you maybe have unintentionally overlooked in your rig throughout the years? Well, for me, it's always been guitar cables. I figured ah, it just goes from the guitar to the amplifier or the guitar to the pedal board to the amp. And if one breaks, whatever, I'll just go buy another one. No big deal. Thanks to the fine folks at Runway Audio, though, I have finally seen the light. Runway Audio is based in Nashville, Tennessee, which is awesome for me because that's right down the road. But it's awesome for you as well because Runway has the best cable on the market. And what makes it the best, you ask? Well, it has the lowest capacitance of any cable on the market right now at 20 picofarads per foot. And pretty much all that capacitance is is the ability to store an electrical charge. The lower the capacitance is, the less tone that it sucks from your cable from your guitar on the way to your amplifier. So if you're in the market for anything cable related, whether it's instrument cables, patch cables, XLR cables, speaker cables, power cables, you name it, Runway Audio has got you covered. And if you go down to my link tree, click the link for Runway Audio, any purchasing you will do, I will get a little bit of a kickback from that, which is always appreciated. So check out all the awesome stuff that Runway Audio is doing and pick something up to get the best tone possible. Hey guys, welcome back. So before we get to the show, as per usual, let's just get this housekeeping out of the way real quick and we will get right into it. If you want to check me out on any social media platform, you can check me out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Pretty much if you search Man the Helm, I'm probably going to be there. Uh, but if you don't want to do all that, if you just go down to the show notes, check out the link tree, all that's going to be right there for affiliate links, anything that I'm associated with, all right there. Also down there, I have a Patreon. If you would like to help support the show for as little as a dollar a month, that will be right there too. I'm trying to think of some more tiers too for the Patreon. So if you have any ideas, just shoot them my way and let's see what we can do. But if Patreon's not your thing, I totally get it. But the easiest and free way to help support the show is share this podcast with a friend. Give it a rating or review on wherever you're listening to it. But at the end of the day, I am just so thankful that you're spending your time to listen to this podcast. And at the end of the day, that's really what matters most to me. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Anyway, enough of this. Let's get to the show today with Nick from Wonder Effects. Welcome back to Man the Helm Podcast. Today I'm sitting down with Nick from Wonder Effects. How's it going, dude? It's going pretty well. How about yourself today? Not too bad, man. It's uh, finally cooled off. I'm down in Tennessee. The past like two months have just been brutal. Oh, here, man. yeah. I, I can only imagine. I mean, we've had a couple. Uh, Michigan's weird. It, it gets insanely yeah. humid. You know, it'll be like 95 for like a couple weeks at a time. And then, yeah, this morning I I dressed my kids and I put them in jeans and I was like, this right. is kind of nice, right. you know? So I don't like to do like the typical podcast thing, but um, I kind of want to do like a quick recap of like who you are, what you've been up to, like your musical journey, and then we can kind of get into where we are today. If you could do that for me. Cool. Yeah. To sum it up, I started playing guitar when I was 10. My brother played drums. He was nine. And nice. we started our first band together when we were 14 and 15, like our first official thing. Mm -hmm. And that was the band that ended up staying together for 13 years and going on tour for 10 of those years. And 
traveled the world and the seven seas. <laughs> right, right. Uh, that's funny. My kid was just singing that song, uh, the Rhythmic Sweet Dreams, all day oh, yeah. yesterday. So <laughs> it's, it's just like on the tip of my tongue. Uh, but yeah, then I ended up, we retired from the road in 2015. Um, I'm in a bit of a recording studio right now. And this is kind of what I've been doing since then. So recording bands, producing, mixing, engineering, all that kind of stuff. And then with the COVID times, it kind of happened right around the same time I was learning how to build pedals. And right. it was kind of a, it was kind of cool how it worked out. You know, I thought maybe I would just build a couple pedals for friends and a couple other people would pay me to build them a boost or something just so they could say, oh, cool, I have some random hand-built pedal for by sure. some guy in a band that I used to dig or, you know, the guy who recorded this band's record. And I was like, oh, that'll be like a fun little thing while we wait for this, uh, you know, month-long, two-month-long pandemic to end. Uh, for sure. <laughs> but then I kind of got really hooked on it and it ended up like, wait, I can have people design artwork for me. I can have different people UV print and powder coat the enclosures and... I don't need to learn how to completely fabricate a circuit board on my own. Like I can hire somebody to design the circuit board after I send them what I want. And, right. you know, cause I just, I, I basically, I run a pedal company by ear. So <laughs> yeah, if I plug in a bunch of stuff and rip out a bunch of components and change them, uh, I have a pretty sensitive and discerning ear. You know, I can tell if something needs more low end or if like the the upper mids need to be tamed or if like something's way too compressed and if something needs a different pot taper you know so i know just enough to kind of get by and luckily the pedal community all the builders are just such incredible helps uh, oh for sure like i could just reach out to like you know we have like a little discord with a bunch of people on it and it's like I, I like five minutes ago, I was like, Hey, how do I reduce crazy feedback? Like, I know this isn't just normal high gain feedback. Like there's something going on and like, you know, you name it, there's like five different pedal companies you've heard of, of people, the, you know, the founder and the owner, right. the top dog replying to you being like, have you tried this? Did you? So it, it's really cool. So for a dumb, dumb like me, I like guitar sounds and I like marketing. So that's kind of how that that's the extent of what I can do. And then, you know, I also build all the pedals myself because I kind of have to, you know, otherwise right, like, there'd be, right. there'd be no money, you know, <laughs> it's like, right. For if, sure. if this is going to be my job, um, I'd be able to stop building pedals if we were selling tons and tons and tons every day, but we're a little small thing, just me. Um, and then a bunch of people that help out, uh, with all the, the kind of gnarly stuff I don't have the time for, you know, being a parent. For sure, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty much full-time dad, and then I get to build pedals and work in my studio whenever they're busy. So it's right, like right. they dictate my entire life and schedule. But, yeah, that brings me to current day, still doing the studio thing a little bit here and there. I sort of closed it to the general public. I deleted my website and stuff uh, this year because I was just like, I'm just too busy I'm not trying to work with a ton of other people's schedules and haggle and negotiate time. Yep. I'm like, hey, man, I, I got to start at 9 a.m. I have a hard out at 3 to go pick up kids from school and daycare. You know, so if you want to make a record with me, 
then you're making a record with me. If you're just looking right. for a studio, a place to record your music, like I might not be that place. You know, I don't really have bands crash on my floor anymore. Sure. You know, things like that. So yeah, I kind of record other grownups these days who also have yeah. a similar life to me. So it's like our little escape and. So it's kind of a friends and family sort of deal uh, in the studio right now. But yeah, and that's what I was doing up until this moment. I was just editing vocals and sending them off to someone who's oh, cool. mixing a record. Yeah, so just in the same seat, you know, they use the same microphone. And now I'm just doing a totally different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the the whole like studio thing and not having, you know, random people in there, I'm sure is a lot less stressful. Like you said, it's more of like a friend's thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I, I've i never been on that side of, you know, the conversation, but I have seen friends of mine that do run smaller studios. It is just a nightmare with some bands. So I can't even imagine, you know how much of a relief it is to kind of shut that off for just a little or just a little bit, you know, and not have yeah. as many random people coming in. I think my number one fear is like letting people down. So if like for people sure. fly in from another state or another country to come record with me and they're kind of like, okay, we're done at 4 PM. What do we do until tomorrow? And right. it's like, really, it's not my problem. I told them my schedule, but Oh, it just tears me apart to like, let somebody down and uh, mm -hmm. and some people, you know, luckily, especially my buds or people I've recorded in the past, you know, I've gotten to be friends with a lot of bands I worked with. Um, so this band, like, for instance, Guardrail from Chicago, Illinois, they're a punk band right up my alley. Super fun to be around, super fun to work with. And they all get it. You know, they have right. they have pretty intense jobs and schedules back home, too. And uh Meanwhile, you know, I'll get like an email. Well, it's kind of nice because since I deleted my site, I don't get as many emails of just like right, people right. filling out the contact form. But I'll get people who heard of me through this person, who heard of me through this person, who found my email and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay, good for you. You did your homework. You found me. That's cool. But yeah, and then it's like hearing kind of what they're looking for. I'm just like, yeah, I do need the money. I, I really, I should keep working in my studio and recording bands and take on probably more work than I should. But some of it is just so, like, it just eats away at my soul. And I'm like, right. man, I, I would rather just kind of put more unpaid work into my pedal business or, sure. or even make music of my own, which I keep saying I'm going to do again. It's been over half a decade since I've really done that. Um, right. There's, I just don't have the time or energy, but this year I'm kind of like, I want to do something. But yeah, I just figured I take a little bit more time and instead of just sitting around editing drums for some band that doesn't care, uh, you know, and they'll, right. they'll break up in two months and I'm just like, ah, it's just the whole audio janitor thing isn't appealing sure. to me, you know, it's, uh, yeah, but so far this year it's been all really fun stuff a couple records nice. came out uh the new no trigger record um yep we worked on that in 2020 and oh it's, wow. so it's kind of cool that it finally uh is seeing the light of day there they just got done with a big european tour you know so it's it's nice to see when all that hard work pays off and for sure the band's out there doing something with it you know people get signed a couple of bands that i've worked with have signed to bigger labels and it's like oh this is awesome it's yeah. really cool you know just kind of see them 
instead of just fizzling out and being like, oh, yeah, our bass player's going to college, so we're done. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I know. That's how yep. it goes with a lot of people. Well, I, I kind of like, I, I, I try to do as best of job I could as doing my homework before we started doing this, so to speak. But um, I really have always liked people that can take opportunities or situations and, and pivot away from them if need be. And for me, that's kind of what I've seen with you, like going from, you know, playing in a band full time, touring the world, and then kind of slowly starting to realize, and I don't mean to, you know, speak out of turn, but realizing that you just kind of didn't want to keep going down that road because you were paying for a house you weren't in, right? Yeah, that's so it. Just, totally. For, yeah. you, know what, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and then kind of pivoting to still doing what you want to do, just something just a little bit different, you know? And I feel like that's kind of like the common trend I've seen with a lot of entrepreneurial people and whatnot it's like being able to be like okay well this isn't really working for me anymore i'm gonna do something else that's still productive for me but it's just gonna have to change just a little bit you yeah know what i mean and, and the studio thing immediately was so much more money than right it, uh being on tour um you know we'd be on tour for like a month and we might come home with like a thousand dollars each and for sure. to us that was madness that's crazy you know because 300 of that was for our rent or whatever and then we had 600 bucks you could do whatever you wanted with like buy groceries uh you know save up for a guitar but then it was like when real life kind of started and i bought a house with my wife and yep. you know just like keep adding to that list um and yeah the studio thing was like you get to stay home people are going to pay you what you're worth and then it was like okay i'm actually pretty good at this you know because at first you're always mm -hmm. like maybe i'm not that good at recording or maybe i don't have a great ear maybe i'm just kind of and then you realize wait no i've been doing this for a long time you kind of that, that whole imposter syndrome thing like there's a point sure. when you kind of realize like no you know en enough people pay me to get my advice on this sort of thing for sure i yeah. think i got it so yeah when doing the guitar pedal thing i mean that was just like my head spun around because i was like one, I didn't know I could build a guitar pedal. Like I, mm -hmm. le I learned how to solder like three months before I started this company. And oh man, it, it went fast. It went from like learn how to solder, learn how to put together a pedal, and then kind of learn how a schematic sort of works, kinda. Um, you mm -hmm. know, comparing stuff back and forth, and then that turned into I can develop my own schematic, which can then be made into my own circuit board, like my own pedal. Um, mm -hmm. And like kind of that first one was the Wonder Drive, yeah, which is a very it's like an amalgamation of like a bunch of failure, basically. Like it was, I was oh, trying yeah. to make something completely different, and then it turned out being a two knob, one switch, really sweet sounding pedal. And then it was like, well, I guess I'll get some cool artwork for this, and we'll we'll make it, and I'll release it. And a bunch of people, like, to this day are like, this is my favorite drive pedal, which is kind of mind-blowing because for me, it right. was, I was just very excited that I even made something that was very unique. Um, so I've always been such a gear freak. I was obsessed with mm -hmm. talking to different companies. Like, when I was in my band, it's like, you know, we I, I was emailing Earthquaker devices like every other week, like, what do you got? Uh, can you give me couple of these pedals for these shows and this tour and i worked with ernie ball music man for oh, seriously almost 20 years now they mm -hmm. took me under their wings so long ago and you know the the kid basically that was the a and r guy is now 
like the, I want to say it's the CEO or the president of oh, Ernie cool. Ball Music Man now Brian Ball it's uh Ernie Ball's grandson mm-hmm. so to see him just like make his way to the top you know it, it was really inspiring to work with and talk to gear companies all the time and so to be able to kind of be that like I didn't, right, I didn't right. have to work for a pedal company or be a and r for a pedal company it's like i'm designing i'm doing the a and r i'm building uh, i'm doing the marketing for it and it's so it's it's like rewarding unlike anything i've ever done in my life right so it's like now that i know i can do it it's like oh man like this is kind of i almost like where i've been meant to be my whole life I, just, I was yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, it's like everything kind of like leads into another thing, you know. Yeah. The 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 whole, you know, playing in a band when you were younger as a teenager, then starting to play, you know, these crazy tours, you know. But then, like you said, life happens, adulting needs to happen. You gotta take yeah. care of, you know, wife, kids, house, whatever. Mm-hmm. But but you know, I don't think you would have been you probably would have still been successful because I, from, from the interviews I've heard with you and, and seen, you know, stuff on like your Instagram and TikToks and stuff like that, you're very entrepreneurial. So I think you would have still been successful. I just don't think it would have happened as quickly without oh, yeah, those sure. prior experiences. Yeah. I think like the way it all happened, I think it, it almost had to happen like in that timeline in, in right. that order just, and, and a lot of it, it, it might seem entrepreneurial and I guess, technically yeah that is the word but for me it was like desperation like uh, yeah oh crap yeah. i gotta do something now so it was like what do i do what do i do oh like i'm gonna do the recording thing and then pretty much when the pandemic kicked in i was like i'm not gonna be having bands in the studio much nope uh yeah. and then i was like i can make a few extra bucks and that that was kind of crazy with the studio too was bands kind of realized we can't come in the studio but we're going to make a record right now on our own and have you mix it so we can be ready yeah. to tour by summer. And of course, you know, two summers later, pandemic still going right. on. Um, so then it was like 2021, pretty much that's when the studio was like, it kind of grinded to a halt. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were just kind of kind of filtering in and sending me stuff from long distance because they just wanted to stay relevant uh, as a band, I guess, you know, or as artists. And that that was kind of one of the things that I I started falling out of love with the studio thing where I'm really happy that people can record on their own at home with their laptops and their mics and their plugins and like whatever they have. But they just don't quite know all of the, the really important little things, you know, as right. far as gain staging or how like maybe you should have a double of your rhythm guitar like when the chorus mm-hmm. kicks in give me a double of the the chorus vocal at least um like i don't want to be uh you know there's just so many things that 10 years ago weren't an issue and then i'm sure right. you know 20 years ago they weren't even possible so I'm kind of realizing my age too. You know, I'm just like, for sure. Cause I, I got started really early. Um, I was like 14, 15 with a, you know, like a four track recorder kind of figuring yeah. stuff out. And I was kind of on the cusp of digital and analog. And yeah, so kind of getting all this stuff, I realized I'd spend like a few hours just emailing and coaching bands on how to send me their files properly. And I was right. like, this isn't what I want to do, but I'm happy to help. And 
I'm happy that I, you know, gave bands a good sounding record, but yeah, it was just taking a lot out of me being like, I, I, and they're, they're like, Hey man, I have this interface with this plugin. What do I, how do I do this and that? And I'm like, man, I don't know. That's why I have so right. much outboard gears. Cause I don't know that stuff. Uh, people, mm-hmm. would, people would come in and say, we want to record a metal record, but we need you to program the drums. And I'm just like, I can't do that. You know, and it's right. not because I have anything against it. I don't know how I don't program mm-hmm. drums. I, I have drum sets and microphones and I know how to do it, but you know, it's, my wheelhouse is kind of I'm realizing it's a certain thing you know there are certain kinds of bands that I want to record and mix and then there's certain ones where I'm like okay maybe this isn't a great fit so for sure yeah it's a weird balance for sure yeah I I've kind of noticed in probably the past I don't know maybe 10 years I'll, I'll just say with you know like the like kind of going back to like the whole like home recording plugin stuff, you're getting a lot more music being put out more quickly, which I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But it it's also like you said, kind of like that double edged sword because you're getting something that's programmed and it doesn't sound real. And all these, not all, I'm saying this very generally, so don't get mad at me. But yeah. you know, like you hear the same snares, you hear the same whatever oh, across the board. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a very specific like pop punk thing too. Yeah. Where the songs start with like the same drum fill and you could tell it's mm-hmm. the same samples. It's like, oh, and it's like big and deep right. and verbed out. And you're just like, your drummer doesn't sound like that. And you just know right away this is going to be one of quote, those records and Mm -hmm. they sound great they really do but me and my taste i'm just like that's not what i want to do you know yeah that's not really my thing um so i always make sure i tell bands i'm like listen to some records i've done make sure that Mm -hmm. i've mixed them that it wasn't someone else that mixed them uh and make sure it's what you want and you know what's, what's cool is a lot of those bands the the computer punk or the computer screamo bands um you know, to put it generally, they want to return to a more real sound. So when, I, sure. when I say, hey, your snare's not going to sound like it's in a cavern uh, controlled by, you know, computer demons, like, right, it's going to sound like this, because this is what I think it should sound like. And they're like, oh, no, that's great. That's, we want it to sound legit, like we recorded. And yeah, in emails, people will just be like, do you do live drums? And I'm always like, what's live? Of are there any other kinds of drums like right so and then i'm like oh they mean not you know uh whatever programmed not fake and i'm like yeah and then yeah live guitars is a great thing too they're like do you mic cabs when you record a band i'm like "Uh, yeah most of the time like i do have like a, a cab emulator but yeah so many people will be like we want you to mix our record and then they just send me di's oh and i'm like oh honey did you think that I was going <laughs> to reamp all your stuff for free? Like, right. <laughs> like get out of here, man. So, yeah, there's just, things have changed. So it's like when there's a, a band I want to work with, I can tell. I'm like, this is going to be great. And there's a couple like local-ish bands that I'm buddies with. And it's like I'll always work on their records because we just get along so well and they trust me. And, right. And I trust them too, you know. it's uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's like like most things in life, but especially in like this sort of industry. And I'm sure, you know, especially too, from the pedal industry being very niche, it's all about professional relationships, man. Like if you don't get along with people and you can't hang, like they're not going to want to work with you. Yeah, you know? absolutely. 
and it's like I'm pretty cool with all kinds of people, but yeah. there is a certain personality type that's like, and I hate to say, you know, that I'm better than anybody because of my experiences and my track record, but like, for sure, I do think that because people hire me to be a producer or an engineer or whatever it is, like my opinion is like here. So mm -hmm. when you hire me to do something and I say, I think we should do this. And then I'll have some guy who's, you know, been in a million local bands his whole life that break up after a few months, kind of just very like stare at me straight in the eyes and be like, well, I don't think so. I think this. Mm -hmm. And then it takes everything in my spirit to not go, then why are you here? Like if you want right. to keep doing it your way, um, and but at the same time, then there's sometimes where I will learn stuff from other bands. Uh, you know, yeah. like I recorded that band called Hot Mulligan, and they're just blowing up like more than I even thought was possible, uh, which For is sure. amazing. Um, and you know, at one point, you know, they kind of looked up to my band and like what I had done, mm -hmm. and I was like, that's cool. You know, my band, like in our prime, we played to 200 people a show, which is great for us you know hot mulligan now is playing to like 2000 like no problem right. uh but yeah like they would do something real weird in the studio and i'd be like eh, let's try to hone it back and then i would kind of stop and be like they know what they want to do and mm -hmm. they know what the kids want to hear and i was like i'm just gonna let them do this and then hearing the final product you know then i'm like i get it now okay so yeah that's a hard thing to turn on and off that radar of uh kind of what things should we try and what things do I know for sure are going right. to suck? Cause there's a lot of stuff that I can tell. And what's weird. It's like, I can kind of tell by the type of person that's telling it to me. Like when they're just like, yeah. when they're just like, they, they know, they know more than anything that their idea is right. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, it's, I, I, I'm kind of itching to go the other way, but Right. Yeah. Well, I think it's like that old adage of like, I, I've always heard it down, I'm in, down in the Nashville area. It's like, you never want to be the best musician in the room. Right. And if you take, <laughs> and if you take that same idea and apply it to everything, like in whatever you're trying to do, you never want to be the best at what you're doing because then it's like, you have no more room to grow. Oh, right. So coming in, coming into a situation, like I'll be really honest with you. I have been out of gear for quite a while due to my last job. And this is kind of the way of like kind of getting my way back into it. But I also like the stories behind everybody's coming up and everything. Nice. Yeah. So I am extremely ignorant when it comes to a lot of the newer stuff that's out. Oh, for you know? sure. And, and that's just what I'm trying to learn everything, you know, but having that mindset of going into every conversation that you have or any, any situation, whether it's music or whatever, just listening to the experience that other people have and trying to utilize it to the best of the situation. You know, that's what I think is the most important. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm still trying to catch up on stuff too. Like just because I have a pedal company, I think a lot of people, you know, they'll slide into my DMS with questions about other pedals. For sure. Uh, and I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm not familiar with that one, but I bet it's great. You know, right. people just keep sending me links to like reverb listings. Like, what do you think of this? What do you think? of? This? And I'm like, I'm not like a, a guru, if that's the word, like I'm kind right. of like, I'll let you know what I think is cool. And, and the, the cheesy part is when people are like, Hey man, I want like a low gain overdrive. Like, what would you recommend? And I'm always like, it, I made one. And right. it's the one that I made for myself that I wanted. So like, I'm going to 
tell you to get the one that I made because, you know, and I'm like, and if, if that doesn't work for you, you know, here's a couple other ones that I dig, but yeah, so it's, I'm basically just trying to make pedals that I would use that, or that I do yeah. use, you know? So if, if I had to build a pedal board and play a live show or if I have to grab a little board to record some guitar session work. Um, so yeah, just stuff that's usable. Like I kind of made that joke. Like my tagline right now is very usable pedals, which sounds right. so like basic, but people, you know, I, I've actually written me and they were like, I just can't express to you how usable all your pedals are. And I'm like, well, I'm so glad, you know, they're meant to right. be used. Um, I think there are some companies out there who will kind of just, they'll, their, their circuit board will basically be a cluster of like noise makers and the pedal mm -hmm. just does these gnarly sounds that are really harsh. And right. there's a market for that. People like their noise makers and stuff. Um, but yeah, even my noisiest pedal, um, I'm kind of rebranding it and coming out with it soon, like a little the mini two foot switch fuzz with no knobs nice. on it. And the main fuzz is very usable. <laughs> it sounds yeah. great. And then the other side is the noise maker that is borderline annoying, but right. it's kind of meant to be its own gimmicky, just like what is this, you know, thing. So it's at least, you know, I would say seventy five percent usable. For sure. But uh yeah, figuring out just all the different like you said like it's a very there's so many different niche markets within the pedal world too so oh yeah <laughs> I, I'm, I'm starting to and then there's like a lot of people who are like my you know good friends that have been following my account for a couple of years and they haven't bought anything from me and I, you know i don't fault them but yeah they'll they'll write me eventually and you know they'll just be like hey so you ever considered not making a distortion pedal or an overdrive because I don't use those, you know, I use delay and reverb and I'm like, yeah, I'll get there eventually. Uh, for right now, I'm doing, right. I'm doing what I know and like what I want. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like, oh yeah, there are people who don't use fuzz distortion overdrive. And I was one of those people, you know, in my band, I was straight amp distortion all the time. Uh, right. So mm -hmm. it's kind of funny now that I'm in this world now where it's like I run a clean amp and then I have like five different gain pedals. Uh, yep. <laughs> but it's just more fun. It's just more yeah. textures and flavors that way. Yeah. I, I've really started to kind of go that way here in the past, like probably two, two or three years, you know, just having nice. a, a really friendly pedal platform amplifier mm -hmm. and then just, you know, having a bunch of different gain stages on the board ready to go, you right. know, that I can switch on and off or even have a looper where I can just have stuff going into and out of things, you know, and, and call it good. That is it's, nice. It is a lot more fun. Like you said, it's like, like, you know, if I, if I'm playing through like a, I don't know, what was the, what's standard back in the day, a JCM 800, you know, it's like yeah. that has the sound, right? That is the sound for whatever you want it to do. And it, it is a good sound, but it's going to be kind of hard to get anything other than a JCM 800 out of that thing yeah you know what i mean yeah i don't use an 800 as a pedal platform you know <laughs> like, no i'll put no. i'll put some pedals in front of it to you know for sure goose yeah. a little bit whatever like yeah I, I would be able to turn my computer i have my 1983 jcm 800 right here nice but it very much does i use it to make that sound and that's about yeah. it uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> but whereas you know i have a couple other i'm sort of staging my live room to kind of look more like a a content creation sort of studio cool like some amps cool. along the back wall 
um, it looks cool in there. And like, since I'm not really using it, there's not a lot of drummers and vocalists coming in these days. So I'm like, I should use this room for something else. And also testing pedals is great. I have like, it's pretty much soundproofed in there and I have like a double door, like exterior doors inside. Right. And when I seal that off, like I could turn up a little Fender amp to 10 and just, mm -hmm. just blow the, you know, the proverbial walls off the place. Um, so it's kind of nice that I don't know how many smaller pedal companies, you know, have a room where you can turn up to 10 if you want, like, <laughs> and see yeah, how I things was gonna go. Say, that is that is convenient too, because I mean, I have been um, kind of diving deep into your social media, especially like TikTok and Instagram. And, you know, if you have a room like that, it's perfect for that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? You can, yeah. and it's all controlled by you. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't have to worry about anybody else. And you obviously have the know-how and the gear and the will to record everything. So yeah, that's know, the problem though. I, I haven't recorded anything. Like I've been setting well, up true. my stupid, I've been setting up my stupid phone and just being like, yeah, like the the phone mic will get it. I'll set up my mic eventually and record, and then I just never do. So I think I'm gonna like set up a couple mics and leave them in front of the cabs and just sure. and just kind of be like, all right, you know, I'm gonna go in the other room, run Pro Tools, just hit record, mm -hmm. jam, and then I'll sync it up later. Uh, so it does, you know, obviously sound so much better once you do that. Um, but yeah, the the it's kind of funny. I was just thinking about the highs and lows of those moments when I'm just in that room jamming. Like I yeah. gra I grab my Rickenbacker 330, and I plugged it into my I have the Victory Amps V40 Deluxe. Oh, cool! And it's it's great. It's just like a mm -hmm. Fender amp on steroids with a mm -hmm. bunch of like girth and low end to it because it has a 212 cab and. And yeah, I was like playing my old blue overdrive through it and my wonder drive. And I was just like, man, my pedals are so fun to play. I'm so glad that I do this. And then I switched over to like a Les Paul and I plugged in the, the, a new prototype that I'm working on and everything just went wrong. Mm. So I was so stoked. And then I plugged in this prototype and I'm like, this needs some serious work. Like this is not going well. Um, so I'm... Uh, kind of in the middle of troubleshoot world and uh yeah and it's not a simple pedal either very high gain oh, a yeah. lot of moving yeah. parts like literally moving parts like there's sliders and all that stuff oh cool though yeah it'll be really cool once it's done but yeah my goodness it is hard to tame a high gain pedal like because again you know very usable i want it to be very usable <laughs> right and there's a couple times when i'm like i right, nope like this is too much like this is too much gain too much feedback too much high end um yeah so that's kind well, of well you the, had to have i'm sorry oh no no that's that's just kind of the world that i've been in lately like a lot of a lot of wins and then a big loss like i literally couldn't sleep last night mostly because i peed like five times like i just kept having to <laughs> yeah. go i drank way too much water last night but yeah every time i was up i was thinking like can I like buff up the input resistance and would that? And I was like, wait, are my caps microphonic? And I was, I literally couldn't stop thinking all night. It just like consumed me. Um, yeah. So it's a, well, that, is, that is a good thing to have though, because I mean, you, you do want to continue to, you know, have awesome pedals coming out and pushing the envelope is always very important, but yes, the, the, the it's one of those like, well, the ends will, 
the end will justify the means, so to speak. You know, it's like it'll it'll make it all worth it once you know you kind of work all those bugs out and whatnot. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, I'm hoping it hoping it works out because this one's like a collaboration with somebody too. It's with an oh, artist, cool. so I could just scrap this pedal and yeah. be like, I'm just not doing this. It's not working out. Uh, but it's it's close. That's the good thing. It's very close. That's good. Um, but if I did scrap it and wanted to save myself the stress, I'd be letting down somebody. Like, hey, we gotcha. we had this thing yeah. going, and now I'm done with it, and like I can't do that. So, uh, yeah, and it could be expensive too. Um, having somebody yeah. do the circuit board work for me, and then ordering mm-hmm. PCBs and ordering all the parts just to make the prototype in like small quantities, it it can really get up there. So. It's like I'm a grand into this stupid pedal right now, so it's like I gotta keep it. I gotta keep it going and <laughs> right. make sure I get it working. But yeah, I'm gonna try everything. Oh, almost ready for like version two of the prototype board, and I think nice. I've figured it out so far. Yeah, <laughs> cool stuff uh, coming out, and hopefully it gets a little bit better for us all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel like we are on somewhat of an upward trajectory. And as long as that kind of continues, I think it, it'll be okay. Um, it, it's all cyclical though. You know, it's, it's, you're going to have those rough times, but you know, you, you'll figure it out and oh, get yeah. it going. Um, the thing that I, I, I've, I've tried to talk to a few people about this. I'm really trying to find, Oh, before I get to that, um, I want to talk about the pedal demo stuff too, because like, like you said, it's so important to kind of send those out to people that not only your audience is going to trust, but will play it differently. Because for you, you have fans of your your company that want to hear what you will do with the pedal. Mm-hmm. But if somebody doesn't play that style of music or isn't really influenced by that sort of you know music, sending it to somebody like Andy that can come up with like a whole four minute song a whole different plethora of styles, you know, it's so important to have that differentiation between the styles that that pedal can, you know, achieve. Because yes, you you design it with a very specific mindset, but that's not the only thing it can do. Right. You know Which I mean? is so you nice want... when when someone yeah. else can like open it up and do something and I was like, "Oh, for real?" Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. Like I it's super one track mind for me. Um which is good. Yeah, with the with the old blue, I was like, I just want to play songs by not a surf. Like, mm-hmm. I want that jangly, slightly overdriven thing, and that was pretty much it. And you know, later I realized it can do a bunch of stuff. Like when I was playing blues riffs on it, I was like, that's cool. Like, because I I am kind of initially a blues guitar player. Like that's right. kind of how I learned, I, I guess, style and technique. That was kind of what I was into when I started playing. I was like ten, eleven, twelve, and trying mm-hmm. to be Stevie Ray Vaughan and trying to be Leonard Skinner. Sure. Like the Southern rock thing was huge for me too. And, um, you know, then I fell into punk rock. So um, in my band, The Swellers, our biggest song is called The Best I Ever Had. And the main riff in that song is with a slide. Yep. And I was just so like, yes, I got a slide in like the biggest thing my band ever did. Um, so it's like, you know, I'm just like, cool gary rosington from skinnerd was always like my idol you yeah know? like him just playing Freebird, you know pull, whipping out the slide so the fact that i got to do that but in a punk rock band i was like all right this came full circle and i kind of just realized how cool that was recently um that record came out like 11 years ago or something but yeah it's just it makes me happy that i was able to 
blend a few styles and all that kind of stuff yeah and i i i'm sorry oh no dude i'm just rambling (laughs) oh no no i i was gonna say i i love not knowing things because i just found out about the swellers oh right on yeah and i listened to that song and it's freaking awesome and it i had this moment where i was like i looked down at the little uh whatever it was uploaded or whatever and it was 11 years ago i was like this song is freaking awesome. No, thank or, you. I, I can't even, I'm really kind of kicking myself. I wish I would have known about it And it's, it's 11 years ago. You know, you know what it, I mean? It's man? really nice to hear that kind of thing from people. Uh, you know, there's, I guess there was like kids who were like, like recently, like 19, 20 years old. Oh, that really? were like reaching to, out to me being like, hey, I just started listening to your band, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I was kind of just like, hey, man, like we were around, like why blah, blah. And then they were like, well, I was only like 11 when you were playing in my area. And I'm like, geez, you know, time has flown by. So it's so cool that younger people are discovering the music. And like, you know, we're probably never going to play together again. And that's okay with all of us. But yeah, it's like, it's cool that the songs get to just stay there, you know, in outer space or wherever they are. And for sure. um, yeah with with that song it was kind of a cool kind of a cool but uncool story at the same time we wrote it we loved it we honed it in the studio we we were like this song rules and then fueled by ramen the label that we were on Mm -hmm. they really liked the song that was after that on the record and they were like keep working on that one that sounds like single material and we're like okay we don't like that one as much but like let's keep doing that and let's make sure we put it on the record so then when the whole record was turned in and done the label was like let's uh put out the best i ever had as the single and we were like really we were like (laughs) we were like we like that song like we think that's a really good song like are you sure and they were like yeah so we were like okay like let's do that but what about the other song they're like yeah no it's whatever so then we were like, we wouldn't have put that on the record. Like the the one that they really liked, we put it on just because they were stoked on it. Um, but yeah, it was kind of cool that our biggest song and the song that they pushed the hardest was like one of our favorite songs we ever wrote. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was kind of. I don't. I don't think a lot of artists get to do that. You know, where it's I was like, about to say, I would. I don't know from experience, but I, I've heard that as fairly rare that that actually gets to happen right but yeah it's kind of one of those things where it's like the right place at the right time it doesn't matter what yeah. style of song it is as long as it connects with people you know i think people are mm-hmm. gonna dig it so yeah it was it was kind of nice like and we would have people come to our last tour because we kind of announced yeah. 2014 we're like hey we have one more year we're gonna tour pretty much tour the world come see us if you can say goodbye and thanks for everything and like people would come to the shows and bring like their friend or whatever. And their friend mm-hmm. wouldn't know who we were until we played that song at the very end. And they would come up to us after the show and just be like, oh my God, I didn't know your band. But then I realized they played you in journeys every day, like at the mall while I worked there. And I was like, right. that's, that's kind of funny, but like, it's, it's cool. You know, it's just like the fact that we, we always considered ourselves such a small band, but like somebody could hear that song and be like, Oh my God, I've actually heard that song. Mm-hmm. Like they played it on like Monday Night Football once for like oh, wow. you know, 20 seconds or something, but well, my phone blew up. They're like, You're on Monday Night Football. I'm like, What does that mean? Like, I'm right. on Monday. 
and yeah, they're like, oh, you must be making bank. I'm like, no, it's going right to the record label. But you know, it's it's right. it's a nice opportunity, I, I guess. But yeah, looking back, we had some some cool stuff. We were like the busiest small band ever. <laughs> well, I think you kind of have to be though if you're if you're at that level. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You have to be just grinding it out. And and it's the same thing, not with just a smaller band, but with like you can relate that right back to wonder effects you know if you're a smaller pedal company you've got to be grinding it out you oh know, you for gotta sure be you know it, you can't really afford to take a day off so to speak it's you true I mean? yeah you gotta be doing something yeah, every day it, it's true like i've been really behind this summer it's just been a busy summer um just trying to i'm trying to like build stock so i can have enough for sure just ready to go and yeah. talk to dealers and stuff. But every time I like build enough, I'll like, I'll sell all those, which is great. Yeah. But then yeah. I'm like, ah, I kind of wanted to have some like just that I knew were done and ready. But like, I guess those are going out the door now. And then, yeah, the studio stuff, I was really falling behind, which was, I kind of was like one track mind pedal world for a while. And for sure. Yeah. So the bands I've worked with this year, you know, they're waiting like two or three months to get results from me. Um, oh wow! But I'm keeping yeah. them posted. But, like, I'm, yeah. uh, it's not one of those things. Like that dude just ghosted us. Like every day, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, hey, didn't get in the studio today. Had to do this. Had this appointment here. Was in the car. So, like, uh, again, I said I hate letting people down. So, like, I'm letting them know that I'm screwing up as I'm doing it. Like, <laughs> for sure, for sure. So it's like I finally sent off a couple songs to get mastered yesterday, and then I have like nice. three more songs of vocals to edit for this band. Uh, I'll probably finish that sometime this week because I'm our family we're we're going camping quite a bit this uh this summer cool. so we leave yeah. on Thursday and I'm like well I got to get it done before then just so I don't have to think about it while I'm gone and I might do one of those kind of resets where it's like if you want yeah. a pedal buy it in the next three days because I'm gonna remove all the stock from my store because um, even though it doesn't really matter me knowing that my shop is technically closed is really mm -hmm. good for my brain. Um, it, yeah, it's stressful because if people will usually buy a, a handful of pedals if I put a warning out like that, and I'm like, oh crap, I better build and get them together. But in that next like two weeks of just like, I don't have to worry about this for a bit. I can just catch up, and I, I think I need to do that every once in a while just for for the old brain. Yeah, just a good little reset, like you said. Yeah, you know, making sure. You know, you, it, it, I can't imagine though, too, it's like trying to, trying to balance out, you know, the family life along with the small business, you know, I'm sure it's real rough some of those days, man. And, and not only on top of that, you're, you're also recording with these bands. So it's good though. I think you have kind of struck like a good balance with everything though, from at least what I've seen and, you know, this conversation so far, you know, it, and that's really important. Yeah. I think the, the toughest part is like. Luckily, I don't actually resent my family for having to spend time with them, but it is very, like when when I have something that I need to get done and I realize I have been tending to my kids for nine straight hours, Yeah, I'll, I can't help but feel like, when will my life belong to me again? Mm -hmm. And then the next day they go to school or daycare and I'm like heartbroken. I'm like, oh, I miss my kids, you know, so it's... It's tough. Like, and I know people are always like, yeah, first and foremost, my job is being a dad. And I get it. I get when people say that because um, it's the most important, obviously. 
but it is also the most time consuming for me personally. For sure. Um, I'm the parent who has my own business so I can make my own hours. Uh, my wife is an accountant, so she kind of has to be at the computer between these times because right. she, people need to talk to her and, you know, whatever. So like I'm the one who makes the kids breakfast and then gives them a bath and then drives them where they need to go and then picks them up and then blah, blah, blah. You know, so it's like there's all these basically while they're at school or daycare is when I get to work kind of thing. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And when people are like, oh, man, like, what do you what do you do to relax? I'm, I'm kind of just like I, I work because that right. is it's very rewarding for me. Um, mm hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people who might just go to their office and do like their accounting job to relax, like, you know, maybe that's not the most healthy thing. But like for sure. since for sure. Since mine is like creating and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um and of course just like soldering for a few hours straight can get a little bit monotonous, but it does it's kind of zen. I can imagine. It's a little zen at the same time. Uh for sure. Helps time fly. So listen to my podcasts and yeah, but um, Speaking of podcasts, your podcasts are super awesome. Oh, thanks, man. I, I kind of stopped doing them because that's just like the one thing that I just didn't have time for anymore. For sure. I was like, if something's got to give, like, even though it was like once a week, it was still like a, ah, it, it, it sucks. I, I want to bring it back though, because I did, well, I did enjoy it. When, when, when you're, when you're working like you are, you know, even a 15, 20 minute little break is almost too much time yeah. to take. And, you know, and it, of course, it's like a 15-minute podcast, but I would probably record it for an hour and then spend 30 exactly. minutes editing it. And then, yep. yeah, like, you know how it is. I mean, you're doing the podcast thing. Like, it takes time to create content, which is, yeah, it's so dumb, but it's it, it looks and sounds so nice once you're done, you know? Like, yeah, like yeah. I just made a, a little video about my old blue overdrive. I used my stupid ring light like a TikToker for the first oh, yeah. time and then i was like all right i gotta kind of edit this together and we drove to detroit which is like an hour and a half drive my wife drove okay. and i was like i'm just gonna edit this video a little it took me the full 90 minutes to edit this one minute long video and for sure. of course it was kind of tough to do in a moving vehicle on a phone on a phone with yeah. music playing in the background my kids were listening to whatever so yeah it was like okay this is just kind of how it is but I think once my life settles down this fall a little bit, I'm going to actually have to write myself out a schedule and be like, hey, man, on Mondays, do the podcast. Like, right. take an hour. Don't worry about it too much. Just because there's a bunch of stuff I still want to talk about, you know? It's like even like not, well, not pedal related, just kind of. Yeah. Well, the podcast is cool because it's like it, it, it shows a different side of you that people might not see through your other content. Right. Yeah. 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 It's a little, little bit more serious. Yeah. Mike. Yeah. My, my other content could be a little goofy, which is a lot of fun for me. Um, well, I think a lot of people don't realize that I'm being silly a lot of the time too, like newcomers. And it's very fun yeah. to confuse people. <laughs> for sure. For <laughs> sure. My favorite thing. Yeah. But I'm before just a we, troll, uh, I guess. Well, no, that's, that's part of being on the internet, man. That's, that's just how it rolls, especially on like TikTok and stuff, man. You know, you just got to have fun with it. Oh yeah, for sure. Which, which I will say, I, I focused a lot on TikTok when I first started out and that's probably the best quote unquote 
for my analytics, but your TikTok stuff is pretty awesome too, dude. Like, oh, thanks. I'm, I'm really digging it, man. <laughs> Every time I see something come up from you, it's it's it's. I I kind of get where you're coming from with like your uh your your sort of humor with things, you know, man. Right. It's, it's fun, dude. Like, yeah, a lot of a lot of dogs pooping in my yard. That's kind of my oh, yeah. main uh my main source of inspiration. But yeah, I gotta put dogs gotta... pooping on a pedal at some point. Like, oh yeah. You gotta you gotta get inspiration from where you get it, man. And if that's where it's coming from, man, you gotta utilize it's, it. It's real life, know? man. It's part of my day. It's like <laughs> I open the door, let the dogs out. They when they poop at the same time, it's magic. But right, they've been kind of off kilter lately, and I'm thinking about putting them down. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> it ha- it happens. It happens. Just kidding, folks. I wouldn't yeah. do that. But yeah. Well, before we wrap all this up, um, let's get. Um, I, I'm trying to do this thing where. Everybody that I talk to that has a lot of really good experience in the quote unquote industry, I try to get like some, for lack of a better phrase or words, like words of wisdom from that individual, mm-hmm. maybe like a general statement for so, not like a specific thing, but just like, I'm trying to create something and be creative and make a living off of it. That's sort of like vein of advice. You know what I mean? Right. And then last, before we wrap it up too if you could just plug wherever we can find all the awesome stuff at wonder effects man i would say i guess from what i have learned is that you can probably do it which is a very weird statement but i kind of all my life i sort of put things on a pedestal Mm -hmm. um and it might have been how i was raised um where it, we weren't a very like DIY family. Uh, okay. If something broke, you know, we called the guy who comes and fixes it. Um, gotcha. If we wanted this, we wouldn't make it ourselves. We would go buy it. Um, so the whole like making pedals thing, I was like, oh, I got to find somebody who can design a pedal for me and like I can get these pedals built in China and then I can mm-hmm. do this. And I had like two or three friends be like, or you could just build it yourself. And I was like, no, I can't. I can't do that. And they're like, why not? And I was like, I just, I don't know. And they're like, you should just do it. You should try it. And a lot of things in my life took a long time to actually be like, I'm going to actually just try it and do it. Um, Another thing that's a very weird example I've talked about before a little bit was I went to wrestling school to basically become a pro wrestler at one point. Right. And in my mind, I was like, you you can't just be a normal guy and then become a pro wrestler. There's no way. And I was just in love with the business and I was really physically fit and I had a bunch of Mm -hmm. friends who were doing it, like big time and small time. And I was like, here we go. So, you know, it's like, you can probably do it. Uh, And I say probably because, you know, some things are a little outlandish and I'm glad that I tried pro wrestling but yeah. I could probably still sleep at night, even if I didn't try it. So, for, uh, for sure. You know, and I quit that a little early, kind of realizing I don't want to be away from my family any more than I am. Um, right. I didn't have kids right. or anything back then, but it was just like, nah, too much for me. It was fun, fun experience. Um, but yeah, then the other thing was always, always have not just a backup plan, but just like something going alongside of what you're doing. Right. Like if you have a a job that pays well and you're just like, man, I'm just going to quit my job tomorrow and start a pedal company. I would be like, <laughs> yeah. hey, man, 
keep that job on account of you need food and shelter. Right, right. Make two pedals this week. Figure out, you know, if you don't know how to do it, learn how. Make two pedals. See if you can sell one. And right. you're still going to have that job. But if what's going to make you happy is having that pedal company, you can still have that. doesn't matter how big and small or how big or small you are. Um, Bill Stevenson, who was in the band The Descendants and in Black Flag, uh, oh, yeah, he yeah. produced our record in 2011. And we were talking about a band being big, a band breaking out, like punk bands, whatever. And he said something that stuck with me, and it was just like, no one said your band has to be big. Right. And that's another very cool thing that like maybe didn't make a lot of sense to me at the time, but no one says your pedal company has to be big. Like exactly. if you're not Earthquaker devices at the end of the year, like, dude, that's fine. Like right. even sell man, even if you can sell, build and sell one pedal to somebody, that person has a job, most likely. Mm-hmm. And they took that money that they worked for and they gave it to you for your product that they believe in to bring them joy. Like Yeah. Even and w- inspire them to play. Yeah. Even one, dude. One. Yeah. So every time I sell a pedal, I really try to stop and think about that, which is hard because like sometimes, you know, on a good day, you know, I'll sell like 15 pedals if I drop something. Yeah, for sure. And, and on a couple of those good days with like pre-orders with like the Fuzzhausen, you know, that's like 200 pedals would sell in a day or something ridiculous. And you really do have to find that time to be like, man, every single one of those people has a story and maybe they couldn't afford it as much as they thought they could, should like could have, you know, for sure. Maybe that they've been saving up their money all year for something that they've been waiting for. And your thing was it. Right. So it's like, yeah, every, every person matters, every story matters. And then if you can just do what you want to do and same goes for being in a band. You know, it's like, I just mm-hmm. want to take off and go on tour. Be like, cool, man, keep your job. Let's book a tour Friday through Monday morning. Right. And dude, let me tell you, so many people can't even get three days booked. Like, oh, I believe it. It's insane. And my band used to try to get 30 to 60 day tours booked on our own, you know, just like, yeah, my space in it, calling people, uh, finding mm-hmm. bands, trying to do show trades. That was like the cool thing to do back in the day was like call up a band in Omaha and be like, we'll have you to our place in Flint, Michigan. If you have us to your place, you know, the Java hut in Omaha. And they're like, yes. So they set up a show and it's like, you know, that band's never going to come to Flint, but they were stoked that you offered them a show whenever they want it. Exactly. So it's like, it gets you something and you make friends, you know, like I still have buds that I talk to in Omaha, Nebraska. Like that's a true story. That wasn't even an example. That was like literally something that happened. Uh, so yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that you can do. And also, yeah, don't like, I guess if you can, if we want to make this like a three part advice thing, I would also say like, you can take breaks. Um, yeah. people, never told my band that we can take breaks. Um, we were terrified of slowing down and becoming stagnant. So for 10 years, for we sure. were never home for more than two and a half months at a time. I wish we could have taken a year off. And yeah. we could have, we just wouldn't. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, because uh, I was like, who am I if I'm not on tour? 
And dude, when I stopped touring, that was a big question. Who am I? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm literally nobody now. Like, I can't contact Gibson and be like, hey, I used to be in a band. Can I get a hookup? And can you think I'm cool? It's like, it's not going to happen. I'm nobody now. Um, right. But full circle, now uh, Wonder is going to be building guitars. So that's kind of crazy. That's another one of those things. Like, you can probably do it. Like, I want right. I want to I want to work for a guitar company. All right, I am a guitar company. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, I found my buddy Matt Tunney. Um, was he he was itching to build guitars again too? Uh, he's a luthier, a guitar repair person. And I was like, I got a guitar design. And he was like, Let's build it. And I was like, it, That was it. Like, right. company was formed. Right. Um, well, it's another one of those right place, right time sort of scenarios. Yeah. You know I mean? And it's also nice to have something to look forward to when things For are sure. a bummer. Uh, For sure. My pedal prototype's not working. Okay, whatever. I'm going to go check out the guitar progress tomorrow and have a little meeting mm-hmm. with some guy about something. You know, so it's like there's always something on the side um, that's kind of keeping it going. But yeah, keeping real busy. Um and it might seem like I just have like a good head on my shoulders, but I'm just scrambling to find happiness like we all are. So, <laughs> and, you know, and, that's to feed, and to feed your kids. Yeah, that's another exactly <laughs> important thing. But I think it's important to, to let people know that it's like, you know, it's like you might see people online or whatever. And you might think, like you said, they're just rolling in money because they have a pedal company or they're in a band or, the, or whatever. You know what I mean? But yeah. everybody is just a normal person going through the exact same struggles, maybe not the exact same struggles, the same general struggles that everybody else is going through. Right. And, you know, you it's know. like I am very fortunate to I can probably live my life with my wife just working. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah. You know, um, we probably wouldn't be able to do the things we do and have the things we have. And for sure, it's nice to be able to, you know, do my own thing. I think she would be pretty pissed at me if uh, I all of a sudden just stopped doing anything. But right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am very fortunate. But yeah, there are some people who like, you know, work in page, paycheck to paycheck. But even when that's the case, like if you do want to start your pedal company or your guitar company or your repair company, there are more hours in the day, even yes. devote an hour to something new or two, you know? Um, oh yeah. And then try to get some exercise too. I didn't get it. Oh, yeah. I didn't get exercise for a few years. I used to be way into it and uh, I'm back at it now. My brain's feeling a lot better. So Everything, yeah. You basically you need thirty six hours in the day to do everything you want to do. So, <laughs> for sure, for yeah, sure, yeah. Pace Pl- yourself accordingly. Yeah, yeah. You got plenty of time to get it done with thirty six hours. Yeah. Oh, we got less than a minute left. Look at that. Oh, it's all good, man. Hell yeah. Um, you want me to uh, restart, or you want to just plug your stuff, and then we can. Um, man, yeah. I think really all I got is wonder effects. On Instagram, wondereffects.com. Uh, I think I'm on the TikTok as Wonder Effects. So just come see what I'm up to. It might be something completely different next year. You never know. <laughs> hey, that's that's what we're all here for. But all of those will be linked down below as well. So if you want to check out all the awesome stuff that Nick is doing, all that will be down below. Hey, dude, Sweet. I had a really awesome time talking to you, man. Me too. Super Thanks. Cool dude. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. 
Oh, dude, thanks for coming on, man. You know, it's always kind of weird when I ask people because I'm like, in the back of my mind, I got that imposter syndrome too. I'm like, I don't have any business texting this person. Oh, right, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but then I, I've already got that out of the way. It's, it's, it's all good. Excellent, man. Sounds good. So, all right. Well, hey, we're gonna wrap this up, and we shall see y'all next week on Man the Helm podcast. Awesome. Take it easy.